Medicare is complicated. Medicare can be confusing. Medicare is no fun to study. Will you know what decisions to make when Medicare time arrives for you? My name is Doug Jones, and I wrote a book to help you figure it all out. Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's on sale at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Also, you can download and listen to my podcast, Medicare for the Lazy Man, wherever fine podcasts are given away free of charge. Medicare for the Lazy Man, simplest and easiest guide ever. Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox are big, big fans of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The Medicare podcast that causes dogs to howl at the moon. Just a hop, skip, and a jump from normalcy, it's Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. My golly, what a wonderful thing to have you as the audience and me as the Medicare expert come together one more time. It's a beautiful thing as far as I'm concerned. Welcome to the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. As you might have heard my Canadian nephew announce to you, I am Doug Jones, your Medicare specialist for today. And I'm coming to you from, not from Arizona as usual, but from the beautiful, bucolic, summer-like St. Charles, Illinois, where the sun shines hmm, half the time and uh, the humidity is frighteningly high most of the time, at least during the summer. So welcome to another episode of our little uh, meeting, our little Medicare meeting. Now, one of the things that you can do when you decide to do some Medicare homework is the most painless activity that involved with Medicare that I can recommend is for you to buy a copy of my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. And when you do that, you're going to find yourself in possession of Medicare knowledge that you will find very useful and that will turn you into a Medicare expert. You will be the most knowledgeable Medicare maven of all of your friends and relatives. So scurry on off to either barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com and type in Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. Don't forget the numbers because you might wind up with an older version of the book if you don't put them in. So once you've put that into the search window, uh, you'll see several editions available for your perusal. You can get the very inexpensive uh, Kindle version, the ebook. You can get the moderately priced paperback. That's an $8 item. It has all of the Medicare knowledge that one could ever hope to have. And then if you want to give a gift to somebody, maybe a, a joke gift for a, a person's 50th birthday or something like that, you can get Medicare for the Lazy Man in an exclusive hardcover uh, Kindle version created just for you as a gift. It's a beautiful thing. It's $22. It's a massive rendition of all the Medicare knowledge that I could stuff into that book. Now, you may just want to hear me uh, talk about Medicare, in which case you could also get the uh, the Audible version, and that's a fairly cheaply priced item at about $6. So one way or the other, I offer as much variety as it's possible to offer on 
Amazon.com. So go there and buy your choice or maybe buy one of each of those items and you will have a lot of powerful knowledge placed at your disposal. Speaking of powerful, I know a guy who's just waiting to uh, uh, exercise his power to uh, make this podcast go smoother and sound better than I ever could. And his name is Randy Carson. Hello, Mr. Carson. How are things today? I'm doing great, Doug. How are you out there? And oh, where is it? Illinois. <laughs> yeah, that's hard to believe. I don't have a fortress of solitude here, so I'd have to say I no, feel. No, you don't. I feel you're surrounded not, by. You're not high in the mountains. You're not in any no. mountains. You're out on the prairie. Uh, you know. And do you guys have tornadoes out there in Illinois? Oh boy, do we ever! Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> Generally in the springtime, and I know that tornadoes occur when two dissimilar masses of air bump into each other. So that's why they have them in the Midwest. It's kind of flat. Get your cold air from the north and your warm air from the south. When they bump into each other, you got yourself some Nebraska twisters right there. Oh, yeah. But uh, we haven't seen anything like that today. The only time it's rained, and it rained solid and steady for 12 hours, I would guess, uh, was when our, uh, our friends were hosting a party for us out on their patio with a cookout and all that stuff. Yeah, and of course, yeah. huddled inside <laughs> eating store war- or uh, stove-warmed hors d'oeuvres and, frankly, uh, enjoying each other's companies in close quarters rather than spreading out on the lawn. And the, uh, they've got a beautiful lawn and a um, very, very nice deck, and uh, they weren't able to use any of that stuff. The host was so angry that he walked out through the rain and stood under the umbrella uh, that covers their table outside just to swear at the sky and hopefully just, change the weather, but it didn't work. I was going to say, just to say he's got underneath the umbrella that he spent about $80 million for. Yeah. And it, uh, he stood there for a while and shaking his fist and he finally turned around and stomped back into the house and enjoyed his cocktails with the rest of us. So that was the only time it rained really was when we didn't want it to rain. Every other moment here has been yeah. fairly fairly nice, and so I can't complain. Now, the Illinoisans are complaining bitterly because, first of all, they didn't have any rain. Now they can't say that. And then they started complaining that it was too hot. Well, 87 right now in St. Charles, Illinois, with very high humidity, I'd say 90% humidity. That sounds horrible to Illinoisans, but to you and I, it doesn't sound horrible. It's <laughs> nice, comfortable temperature. What's the temperature today in uh, Cape Oh, it's 102 and heading up. Well, yeah, but it's not going to go that high. So anything no. over. I think, or, I think this is about it for today because it's, uh, well, we may gain another degree. But I was going to ask you because the humidity is so high out there in Illinois. Is that the reason you got that shower cap on? Yes, that's exactly the reason. And also, I clean off my reading glasses occasionally with a squeegee, as you might have noticed. Mm, mm -hmm. Humidity is just a fact of life here in the Midwest. But if if it weren't humid, then I don't know. (laughs) Would things be different or worse or better? I don't know. Mm, I don't know. Depends on where the mosquitoes decided to go. So far, they had so little rain in the spring that there are no mosquitoes yet. Every time we go over to our house, which is in the deep woods in Wayne, Illinois, it is mosquitoless. So wow, that's a, that's, that's a good thing. That that you might want to take a picture of that because I have, given the fact that I'm from this 
mosquito land, seeing a nice picture of the woods with no mosquitoes. I don't think I've ever seen that. Well, it'll be a, a rare shot indeed, but right now, because of the odd spring they had, kind of a drought, and caused all of them to complain and whine and be really irritating, uh, no mosquitoes. So I'm I'm enjoying that part of it to the extent that I that I'm actually outside and where the mosquitoes are not. But hey, you know something? I rode all the way up here three days in the car with the uh, uh, Medicare content curator for our our staff. Yes. And uh, uh, if she were here right now, she would be staring daggers at me. She'd say, get to it, will you? Let's get down to business and do some (laughs) of that content that I curated. So I think that's what I should do right now. And I will see you at the end of the uh, episode. All right. Well, I will be right here and I'm going to mute myself out so you don't, uh, so I don't disturb the uh, content announcing. If the crickets make their presence known, uh, maybe you should give me the high sign, whatever that would be. And uh, uh, Well, I forgot to turn the clock on, so the crickets <laughs> are permanently asleep. Okay, well, I'll just try to guess as to uh, how much fun the audience has had, and I'll try to guess <laughs> when fun should come to an end. You so, got it. What I thought today I would do is uh, gather together some of the correspondence that I've had with clients, uh, people that have uh, become clients or more uh, actually, more accurately, people that seem to want to become clients. These are people, it's, it's a sampling of the people who have read the book lately, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023, and they have written me and asked my opinion about certain things. And I threw these in the pile for the content curator to deal with. And I so consequently, I don't remember what they're asking. It'll be as fresh and new to me as it will be to you. So uh, I've got a gentleman here named James, and he wrote to me and said, this was on June 28th, he wrote in, and he said, Doug. So he must have heard the podcast, I'm thinking. Otherwise, people that have only read the book call me Douglas. But he called me Doug in his letter, in his email, and he said, I reside in Tennessee and will soon be eligible for Medicare uh, due to a disability. After reading your book and listening to several podcasts, ah, yes, he did listen to podcasts. He said, I'm now ready to ask a few questions. The cancer center where I take treatments advised me that there are a few Medigap plan companies that they do not accept. Which companies do you sell Medigap for? And secondly, how do I get a quote? And so I knew right away this question uh, set off a uh, a flashing light bulb in my brain because this is a thing that happens periodically. It's a misunderstanding that people new to Medicare can't get their minds around. If they have been on a corporate health insurance plan for a long time, they've typically had a PPO plan or maybe they've had an HMO, but they've always had a network of doctors and hospitals to deal with. When they signed up for that plan, somebody handed them a book or handed them a, a computer uh, address, a, a, a URL, where they could go to find a list of all the doctors that the insurance company would pay for if they saw them for medical treatment. And in Medicare, we have freedom, freedom, freedom. We don't have a network. So all doctors in the whole United States and possessions that accept Medicare patients, which is like 94% of all doctors, those doctors will accept a Medicare supplement. If you have Medicare and if you have a Medicare supplement, 
the Medicare supplement supplements Medicare. Doesn't matter what company it is. It could be Blue Cross Blue Shield. It could be uh, one of the biggies that you've heard of, like Humana, or it could be Bob's Storm Door and Medicare Supplement Company. That plan is going to pay its portion of your medical bill once Medicare has determined that your claim is uh, legitimate. So this gentleman said that he talked to the people where he's getting cancer treatment, and they said there are a few plan, a uh, few companies, insurance companies that have plans that they will not accept. Which companies do you sell for? So I thought, well, if I tell him the companies that I sell for, it might be that all of those fall into the list of companies that that, in, that cancer center doesn't uh, doesn't acknowledge. But what he's really thinking about here is when you ask a clerk this question, uh, I want to have, uh, you know, uh, ABC insurance company, Medicare supplement. Do you take that or not? The clerk is thinking in terms of what networks they are subscribers to. And if the ABC company, they don't have a contract with, then uh, the clerk's going to say, nope, we don't take that. Here's the way to ask that question to get an accurate answer. I am going to be covered by Medicare Parts A and B, and I will have a Medicare supplement plan. Will that be acceptable for payment for your services? And the answer is almost always going to be, yes, that will be fine. They won't even ask which Medicare supplement you have. So this is the proper way to get that question. And I smelled a rat here. I knew that James had probably fallen afoul of that particular um, piece of information. So then I explained it to him. I said, upon uh, reflection, I have never heard of a Medicare supplement that is not accepted by a provider, doctors or hospitals. I said, usually this is the answer offered by a clerk who does not understand the difference between Medicare Advantage, which has networks and less freedom of choice, and the Medicare supplement. The question must be asked this way. I have parts A and B of Medicare plus a Medicare supplement. Is this insurance coverage acceptable for your billing department? All Medicare supplements will be accepted if the provider accepts Medicare at all. Only Medicare Advantage plans are refused when the provider accepts Medicare patients. Some, some Medicare Advantage plans will be refused. And he wrote back and he said, thank you, Doug, that makes sense. Friday uh, at the cancer center, that was the same answer another billing represented, provi uh, representative provided to us. He said, I will complete the form you sent last week and forward it back to you later this afternoon. I had sent him a questionnaire asking for more details. And frankly, until he read my answer, I was afraid that he was going to ghost me because if he really thought that uh, the Medicare supplements on my list were not acceptable to the doctor, he would just throw away my contact information. I'd never hear from him again. So I'm pleased to be able to uh, show him what I have and what it would cost and allow him to decide whether he wants to purchase one of the products that I recommend. Uh, let's see, Kevin, this is from Kevin. And I, uh, ooh, I talked, I talked to Kevin months and months ago and uh, he said, hey, would you change the bank account number? that you have for my withdrawal. Uh, he's got the Medicare supplement and a drug plan. They're both paying their premiums out of his bank account on automatic draft. So I, I said uh, in my early notation, this is back early June, I said, uh, Kevin, I just ran across a notation I made 
to call and change your bank account number on your prescription drug plan. I'm sorry to say that the companies seem to have tightened up on this procedure. I used to be on the procedure I used to be able to use. After several attempts to accomplish this for other clients, I have failed miserably to assist any of them. That's because these Medicare drug plans have all farmed out their service, their telephone service people to foreign countries. And when you talk to them and you say, I want service, I want assistance. And they say, what kind of assistance do you want? You can hear them paging through a book that they're sitting in front of. And when I say, I want to change a bank account number, then they they turn feverishly to that page in the book. But basically, there's a big sign above that book that says, don't talk to anybody but the policy owner. And ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you, I'm just too honest to lie to these people. I should learn my lesson. But when I used Kevin's name, I said, I'm calling on behalf of Kevin. Uh, the lady said, uh, oh, you're not Kevin? Where is Kevin? Is Kevin there with you? I said, yes, all of my clients are in this room with me. And uh, any of them you want to speak to, come on, come on. You know, I'll just call that person and give him the phone. No, he's not here. He lives in a totally different place far, far away. And so I had to tell Kevin, I think it would be less frustrating for both of us if you just made the call. I want to be um, a good service person for my clientele. I want to relieve them of all the mundane duties that the insurance they buy from me might call for. But I just wanted to tell the audience, this is failing. A large part of it is the fault of Ted Kennedy and his uh, HIPAA law, his Health Insurance Privacy and Portability Act. But they are not allowing me to perform the service work for my clients that I used to be able to do and that used to be my responsibility. It's kind of embarrassing when the clients say, could you call the insurance company and change my address? I'm moving to so-and-so. And I have to say, they won't accept that from me, sir. They will assume that I'm I'm lying and that you have to call yourself. So that's the way that's the way it works in this brave new world of HIPAA. And believe me, I'm not the only one whining and complaining about it. I have a person named Dave here. And Dave said, um, oh boy, what did Dave say? Dave said, it was great to hear you today on your podcast during your current travels to Illinois. He said, I hope your mission there turns out well. And he said, thank you for sending me the quotes on plans D, which is the drug plans, and then uh, Medicare supplement plans G and GHD, by which he means uh, high deductible plan G, uh, which is HDG. He said, a friend of mine has an Anthem Blue Cross plan uh, G policy that he says is $121 a month. Do you deal with that company? And if you do, is that still the current monthly price? Do they offer a plan high deductible G? And so I had to respond to that. I said, you asked, uh, let's see. Um, he asked me several questions and that was one of them. The other one was he listed about six insurance companies. He said, would you please rank these companies according to how stable they are and also rank them according to how easy it is for customers to deal with each of them. And uh, that's a pretty tall order. And he, first he tells me his, his uh, buddy has a plan that costs $121. And the ones I quoted were all much higher than $121. And then he wants me to um, take about six or eight insurance companies and list them 
in two categories, uh, in order of easiest to deal with and in order of who's going to have the most stable rates going forward. And so late last night, I think it was after midnight when I concocted this answer for David, I said, you asked which of the listed insurance companies is likely to have rate stability moving into the future. I am tempted to make a list of companies to buy stock in and ask which of them would be the most profitable over time. The typical advice is that past performance is no guarantee of future performance, and the same is true of health insurance companies. There are just too many variables that have an effect on a company's bottom line to be able to predict their rate stability, but they all eventually operate under the same general economic conditions, which are certainly more inflationary in recent uh, recent times. And having said that, I will say that I have dealt with United American, the one company I always uh, find to be the least costly um, in the high deductible arena. I said, I will, uh, I said, uh, I have dealt with United American for many years and found the rate stability on their high deductible plan F product, which is kind of outdated now, um, but it was a high deductible and uh, it was extraordinary for the period 2010 to the period 2018, their high deductible plan rates, mostly in many states, went down over the course of years, not up. So I further said, I must assume that their newer high deductible plan G plan has an excellent chance of having similar results. The other thing about the United American is that they are a Texas company and all of their service representatives are Texas born and bred in my experience. They do not subcontract their telephone support functions to a foreign country. I also uh, shared an opinion about the um, uh, the plan that he asked about his buddy uh, having, which the buddy, he said, was paying $121 a month. And I found that their current rate for that plan is in the neighborhood of $127 and change per month. One of his questions about that company was, do they offer a high deductible plan? And I said, no. And that's probably the reason that I don't quote them very often. Um, and uh, I said, I have done business with that company. When my clients demand a certain company, I will try to accommodate them. But otherwise, I spend a lot of time um, constructing illustrations that will show them what I think might be a good idea, especially if they're not aware of the high deductible plans. And that leads me to the last item that I had on the agenda for today. And this is a quote that's very typical of what I send out. I think uh, Randy's scratching his face, which I think might be the signal that I should stop talking or no, or do we have time? <laughs> stop scratching that face. Uh, I guess I'm okay because uh, I thought that was his secret signal that the uh, crickets had spoken, but now I realize that crickets aren't ever going to speak today. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to give you a, a short version of uh, what you're going to get from me when you ask me for a quote for your Medicare supplement insurance. First, I've got a short questionnaire that asks certain demographic facts about you, um, your address, your county, uh, your uh, age, of course, and date of birth. And um, I need to know whether uh, you have a significant other living with you and the age of that person, because some companies will offer a discount uh, for somebody else being in your household. I guess that's if you if you fall over in a dead faint, uh, they want somebody there to call the uh, ambulance for you. And that means you get a break on the rate. 
So I ask you a bunch of nosy questions, and then I'm able to quote the cost of the Medicare supplement plans that I use most often in the state where you live. And then I'm going to send that information back to you. And right now I've got the rate, uh, the proposal worked up to four pages. The first page shows you the monthly premium rates for the Medicare Plan G, which is the most comprehensive plan of all Medicare supplement plans available to people uh, under age, virtually under age uh, 68 right now. And then the page also shows a comparison with the high deductible Plan G, which is the most cost-effective Medicare supplement. And um, in this case, the most cost-effective Medicare supplement, this gentleman is in New York. New York has a weird legal and insurance environment, and it drives up the cost of Plan G sky high. Uh, so the cheapest out of all the Plan Gs that I was able to find was Globe Life of New York, ironically, a, a fellow subsidiary company of uh, United American, and Globe Life of New York for him, Plan G, $348 a month. And this is a 70-year-old guy, so he's not as young as he might be. But um, the cheapest high deductible Plan G was $72, also from Globe Life of New York. So in this gentleman's case, even though I showed several uh, companies' rates, uh, it turns out that the best deal, if he wants the traditional Plan G, uh, comes from Globe Life of New York. And the cheapest high deductible rate is from the same company. Now, the second page of the four-page illustration I said is an explanation, and it starts with the statement, Plan G is the best Medicare insurance. And the next line in that thing is, high deductible G is much less expensive. Could high deductible G be the best plan for you? And then I have that page divided into four boxes. And the explanation for each box is a comparison of cost, benefit, and extra risk for that person who chooses the high deductible plan G. In other words, high deductible plan G is a lot cheaper. So during the course of the year, you're going to have savings. Your out-of-pocket premium payments will be much, much less. If you take plan G from Globe Life of New York and you live in New York and you're 70 years old in Nassau County, then your annual premium based on this year's statistics is going to be $4,176. Now, that's pretty pricey for a Medicare supplement. And I suggest high deductible plan G, the annual premium for high deductible plan G, $864. So right there, it's uh, over $3,000 left. In fact, the difference, the savings by going with Plan G is $3,312. That's what he can save by taking high deductible Plan G instead of regular Plan G. Now, let's suppose that he has a worst case scenario of high medical expenses. He's got thousands and thousands of dollars in medical expenses during the course of the year. He's going to have a $2,700, what they call a deductible in the high deductible plan. It's really a high value plan. The $2,700 is the maximum amount of money he would spend out of his pocket plus his premium. So with a high deductible plan, his maximum amount would be 
$3,500.64 in the deductible. I mean, they call it deductible, but that would be the co-insurance and his annual premium. Uh, but since the plan G cost is even higher, he's going to still be ahead $838 at the end of the year. Now, it doesn't work like that in most states because most states don't have a massively expensive plan G. Most states have a moderately expensive plan G, but this sheet that I send out illustrates the extra risk that you will have to face if you accept the plan G coverage, and it shows the savings that you will realize if you buy the uh, high deductible plan G. I think I said it wrong. Uh, this uh, page that I send out shows the uh, the savings that you would realize if you took high deductible plan G instead of regular plan G, and it shows the extra amount that you might be forced to pay in a worst case scenario if you had huge medical bills during the course of the year and your high deductible plan G uh, paid out all of its benefit versus the plan G benefit, there's probably going to be an extra amount at risk. In other words, you're going to have to fork over a few dollars. Uh, in this case, though, because New York is such a weirdo place for insurance, um, he's still going to be $838 ahead when he takes the high deductible plan G. So it's kind of a no-brainer. And then the fourth page in my four-page uh, proposal for Medicare supplement plans has the four types of Medicare insurance laid out side by side. That's Medicare, uh, excuse me, that starts with no Medicare at all, where you have to pay 100% of your medical bills. And then Medicare only, where you have a $200 deductible, 226, and then Medicare pays 80% and you pay 20% of all medical expenses for the rest of the year. The third illustration is if you have plan G, you pay the $226 deductible and, and the Medicare plus your supplement pay all of the rest of your medical expenses for the balance of the year. And then the fourth item is my favorite high deductible plan G, which you pay the $226 deductible, you pay 20% coinsurance to the annual limit, and then it goes to 100% after that. Medicare plus your supplement pay the balance for the rest of the year. So that is what I wanted to share with you today. Those are the pieces of correspondence I've had with people that I've met recently who want me to talk Medicare to them. And Randy, I see a red icon on my uh, indicator for my uh, my uh, hotel Wi-Fi here. I'm not sure it's as strong as it would be if I were Casa Jones. Uh, probably not, although you're coming through just fine. Oh, good. So we probably have a keeper here then, huh? Yes, we do. But as we might know, the 75 cent fairy has just spent her 75 cents. The story of my life. So would you do us all a favor and close it out in your own inimitable style, please? I will. I will. There's a couple, three things, maybe four things I always like to do before I close out and land the plane, bring the bus into the station. Just in case you haven't picked up the fact, Doug Jones is a nationwide licensed agent to help you with your Medicare supplement planning. You can reach him at dbj at mlmmailbag.com, and he certainly enjoys hearing from you. He actually looks forward to it. He stands by the mailbox every morning. Not now, because he's, he's coming from 
the land of Lincoln, so he has no mailbox, but he's still standing out in front of the hotel waiting for something. Right, right, Doug? You better believe it. <laughs> God knows what I'm waiting for. Every day I go out there with my lunch bag in case I have to stay all day. I know, I know. And so if you don't have a reason to write, Doug, at least check us out on MedicareForTheLazyMan.com website. There's a lot of cool stuff there. And we talked about the books. We talked about the uh, audios. We talked about all that. But we didn't talk about finding a place to give us five stars, a couple stars, three or four more stars on the book and the podcast because it helps us in the ratings. And as you all know, it's all about ratings in the world today. So help us out. We'd certainly appreciate it. And Doug is not in his fortress of solitude. So I'm going to have to say, I, I'm just going to think about what type of altitude to put him on at. But uh, you have spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma, now camped out in Illinois in the flatlands. And I'm going to put it in at about, oh, I don't know, mm, 475 feet and three inches. That works for me. <laughs> That's very specific and it works for me. So, Randy, thank you so much. And ladies and gentlemen, we'll look forward to seeing you next time we have a Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. Bye-bye.